Thanks for joining us on the Yahoo Finance podcast. This is Melody Hom, and today we launched the first ever installment of Breakout Breakfast. Our first guest was Anjali Sood, the CEO of Vimeo. Here's the full audio, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. And without further ado, I really am so delighted to be joined by Anjali Sood, the CEO of Vimeo. She has an illustrious career at just 34 years old. Yes, you should feel bad about yourselves. Um, She's CEO, one of the youngest at IEC, and she previously was at Vimeo for about two years in different roles in marketing, as well as um, at the head of their curating content. In addition, she was at Time Warner and Amazon in media and tech roles, and we're delighted to have her join us. Come out, Anjali. Take a seat. So also, I wanted to mention that Anjali is a grad of Wharton as well as Harvard Business School, and she has a lot of insights. I see a couple students in the audience as well, so make sure to keep your ears peeled for some great nuggets of wisdom. Um, but I wanted to start, Anjali, with actually some exciting news that is breaking this morning on our show that you made a really great list from The Hollywood Reporter, 35 Under 35, the next generation of Hollywood. Thank you. And we really had to finagle that. I don't think it's actually live, but we got the okay from the Vimeo team that this is um, okay to debut. I mean, just looking at your career now, I know you were with Vimeo for three years and you just recently became CEO this summer. Could you have imagined that you would have been here, say, 10 years ago? First of all, Melody, thank you. Uh, So happy to be here um, and really excited to to answer questions that folks have. Um, You know, I had always hope to one day be in a position like this. Uh, I could not have imagined, I think, 10 years ago or even three years ago when I first got to Vimeo that I would be where I am today. Um, and, you know, I, it's been a, a series of, you know, cho- strategic choices and fortuitous events um, and a lot of hard work um, and a lot of support from uh, my team and, and others within Vimeo and our parent company, IAC. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked a bit about your childhood beforehand. You're from Flint, Michigan, which many of you might not know, um, and you came up in a, in a household with two immigrant parents. Tell me a little bit about your childhood and how that experience shaped you and where you are now. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I, I grew up in Flint. Um, my, my parents came from India before I was born, um, and I grew up as the oldest of uh, a family of five uh, with two siblings. And, uh, you know, I think I, you know, where I came from certainly shaped my approach to the world and particularly my interest in business. Um, I grew up in a town that, uh, you know, had a lot of economic challenges um, because of the role that business had played in, in the auto industry. And growing up, my, my dad was really passionate about entrepreneurship, and he uh, ran and still runs a uh, plastics recycling plant in Flint. And he sort of raised me with this idea that business can help create jobs and have a positive force of influence in your local community. Um, And that was one of the reasons that I was so excited to go into business. It's why as a teenager, I, you know, I was really interested in in startups. It's why um, I went to school to study business. Um, And so I think that that background certainly uh, shaped some of the decisions that I've made. 
But prior to you sort of falling at 15 or 16 years old into the business route, you said you wanted to be something else. Um, you had a very creative streak in you. Can I you tell me did. about that? I wanted to be a playwright. I used to make my little sister and brother, I would like write these scripts and then make them uh, acted out for my parents in our basement and they really hated it. Um, but I did growing up, I, you know, I love to act, I love to dance, I love to sing, I love the performing arts. Um, I was really shy as a kid and that was a really nice outlet for me. Um, and so, you know, today what I absolutely love about Vimeo and, and um, my job there is being able to work with this amazing creative community um, and to be able to kind of marry that creativity with the business side. Um, I feel like it's, it's such a wonderful balance between two things that I'm really passionate about. Yeah, um, we talked about how it's sort of marrying the left side and the right side of your brain. And I actually wanted to give a special shout out to Ian Durkin, who's in the audience. He is an employee at Vimeo. He's in charge of actually curating content um, on the platform, but he previously was a filmmaker, and in 2011, he came to the other side, the dark side, um, and he is able to use his expertise and now curate some of the staff picks, and I wanted to show you a quick sizzle reel of what the kind of offerings that Vimeo has. So what you saw here, um, can you explain to me a little bit about the different segments that we saw? Yeah, so this is, um, Vimeo has a staff pick program. Uh, unlike a lot of other platforms, we actually have a team that watches the videos on our platform every day and looks for work that is really groundbreaking and unique. Um, and Ian's on that team. And we premiere every Wednesday, we premiere a new uh, short film that is sort of for the first time being uh, put online exclusively on Vimeo. It's free to watch and it's really just a way to celebrate um, some of the new work that's happening on the internet. Um, and so that was sort of a, a mashup of um, our first year of those premieres, so about 52 films. Um, and today we have a, a new film premiering. It's called Bon Voyage. It's by, from a director named Fabio Friedli, who uh, is, it's, it's an animated short that talks about the refugee experience. Um, it's gonna be uh, premiering on Vimeo today. You should definitely check it out. It's a really powerful story. Yeah, I mean, what really struck me is that these are exclusively on Vimeo in terms of the digital platform. And to be honest, I wasn't fully aware of that as a consumer. So as CEO and as someone who has seen different parts of the company, how are you incentivizing creators to come to Vimeo? Why should this be the platform of their choice? Yeah. So uh, our mission at Vimeo is to empower creators to tell their stories and to tell exceptional stories. And actually, 
we, we aren't as focused on making sure that they come to Vimeo as the platform of choice. We actually believe that our job is to be sort of an independent home for creators, and we want to help them succeed everywhere. Um, and so the best ways that we do that is we like we want to celebrate the work and help our creators get an audience for their content. But we also want to provide them with the tools and the technology to be able to not only distribute their content on Vimeo, but also across the web. And that includes um, all other platforms. Uh, and in that way, we think we're taking a really unique approach to supporting creators because we're not trying to just keep an audience on our platform so that we can you know, get eyeballs for advertising dollars. Um, we actually are an ad-free platform. We're the world's largest ad-free online video platform. And that kind of empowers us. It allows us to, I think, serve creators in, in different ways. So during IAC's earnings call a couple months ago, actually your earnings are out this afternoon as well, but IAC CEO um, mentioned that live streaming is the number one strategy for Vimeo at this point. You know, this is being live streamed now. We clearly understand the utility and value, um, and you actually closed a deal a couple weeks ago that was the largest acquisition that Vimeo had ever made called Livestream. Um, tell me about that integration and why you think that's the future for Vimeo. Sure. So yes, uh, we, we, we just um, closed that, that acquisition. I'm really excited about it. Uh, Livestream is a company that uh, is, was one of the first to actually get into live. This is over a decade ago before it sort of became uh, popular. And they have invested a lot in R&D um, and technology to build a really professional live streaming solution. So, um, you know, we're, we're sitting here, you're, you know, you're a big studio, you can live stream an event um, in sort of perfect, pristine quality, um, and we want to provide that same capability to everyone, whether they are a small business or a startup or an individual. Um, and so uh, that's the reason we were so excited about Livestream. Vimeo's always been kind of known for having high, the highest quality experience and tools. And so to be able to pair our expertise um, when it comes to that with Livestream's expertise on live, um, I think it's it's gonna, uh, as we integrate the products, it's gonna allow our creators the ability to, um, from a live stream all the way to having um, you know a library of content uh, monetized uh, on their website, you know, to be able to do all of those things end to end. Yeah, I think you had cited like yoga studios, churches, basically any entity can live stream anything now. Do you feel like that degrades the product at all? You know, for some of these creators who are working for months editing a film and really looking to Vimeo as that high quality place that they can feature it, how do you manage those two? Yeah, um, you know, I believe that the best way to promote quality is to give creators control and choice. And um, there are, you know, live streaming is incredibly popular, but at the same time, we see so many other formats also gaining traction on Vimeo. We launched 360 video support um, several months ago, and we've had tens of thousands of really amazing 360 work um, and immersive storytelling happening on the platform. Um, we have a, sort of a creator labs and R&D arm that's focusing on VR and sort of newer forms of storytelling. And so I view live video as just another way, um, another option for creators that are trying to a story to be able to get it out there. I don't think it's going to replace um, some of the other types of storytelling. In fact, I think that technology will continue to um, enable more and more diverse kinds of stories.
So I think this decision was in the works before you actually took the helm, but I know that Vimeo had planned to really launch this subscription model for on-demand videos. Um, we know that space is super crowded. Everyone has Netflix here, Hulu, you name it, Amazon, and they're investing billions of dollars in content creation. Do you ultimately think that was the right decision to just scrap that by the wayside? Did there, was there any hope that that could have succeeded? Um, I think it was the right decision. Uh, and I think it was the right decision for several reasons. One, um, you know, it's important that what we do is really solving a problem in the world that needs to be solved. Um, and to your point, there is a lot of money being invested in original content from a lot of players. And, you know, ultimately when you look at it, we didn't feel like we could, we were really going to be solving a problem that did, that needed to be solved. On the flip side, we saw... Um, that there was a lack of focus on the creators and giving them, again, the tools and technology so that they can create that content. Um, and there aren't any other large platforms that are focusing on that. And so that's why we made, made the, the decision. Um, and I think, ultimately, the more funding there is for original content, the better it is for creators. And we want to provide them with the tools and the community to support that ecosystem. So I think it's very complementary. So I think with the acquisition of Livestream, now Vimeo has around 400 employees. Yes. And so does it feel like you're managing a startup? Do, you know, you're under the IAC umbrella. How is it like as an executive to deal with people at the top and then have, you know, your employees below you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Vimeo, we it's a hybrid world that we live in, to your point. We have sort of, in some ways, we have the support and structure of a large corporation. You know, we're owned by a public company. Um, but then in other ways, we are still a scrappy startup. Um, you know, I think if you walk the halls of Vimeo, it certainly feels um, like a startup. And I, I've been at Vimeo for three years, and we've grown a lot in those three years. And the feeling on the floor is still the same. Um, and I, that's explicit. It's something I think from a cultural perspective, I want to build and, and retain that scrappiness. And we have to as a business because ultimately we are you know, playing in a world with a lot of giants. Um, and the only way we're going to be able to um, continue to take a leadership role is if we move really fast um, and if we do things differently. And so I am very focused on actually preserving that feeling um, and that scrappiness. Yeah, and I'm sure your employees and your creators appreciate that as well. I mean, one of the things that has been a news story, and unfortunately we can't get away with it or get around it, is um, what is happening in Hollywood, and not just Hollywood, but finance, Silicon Valley, it's across the board. You are a person of color, a woman, young, you know, sort of all of the attributes that sort of make you the underdog. How have you been able to advocate for yourself and sort of overcome all of the challenges that are baked in to who you are? Um, yeah, uh, well, I, I'll say um, it's been a mix of, I think, things that I've tried to do explicitly and then also, again, just cir circumstance and, and luck. Um, but... Uh, I think some of the things that I've really tried to do in my career, and particularly in the last few years, um, is look for opportunities, even if they're not formally given to me, to uh, to drive results and grow the business. Um, you know, when I came to Vimeo, I was in a very clear role it was marketing, and you know, I saw an opportunity uh, to really 
champion the creator side of our platform and that strategy. And so, you know, for a while, I just did it. <laughs> you know, no, no, didn't really ask anyone if I could. Um, I just started doing it. And I think uh, that really sort of opened up a path for me to then do that formally and was a major catalyst for why I'm sitting where I am today. Uh, so I think that sort of desire to, when you believe in something, when you are really confident that you, you, know, you, you see an opportunity and you can make it real, um, just kind of giving yourself permission um, and not kind of waiting for formal permission to do it, um, I think has been uh, a really helpful tactic for me. Yeah, but you also were part of a search, or you were considered as a candidate for CEO. Um, I think you were the only internal candidate, but it was a year-long search. Did you have to pitch yourself? Like, how did that process work? Because they were looking at a bunch of outside candidates. Yeah. Um, so I... I actually, I didn't, I never pitched myself explicitly. So I, I actually never said, you know, raise my hand, throw my hat in the ring um, for the position, uh, which by the way, I think others should uh, do that. You should never be afraid to, to throw your hat in the ring. Um, but, but I did pitch myself implicitly. And, and that is, you know, I, you know, we would be sitting in, in internal meetings. And again, I would just, I felt like I, I was really confident that the creator side of our platform was where we should be focusing. And, um, you know, I just started to, to focus on it and um, I just did the work. And uh, I think that, Im that implicit pitching um, certainly, certainly helped. Yeah, and I think you've said before that you've never once gotten a raise or a promotion without threatening to leave. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. And I mean, tell me about that strategy. There are a lot of young people in this audience who are trying to figure out whether they're being undervalued or like you say, they might pick up that side hustle yeah. or say, I'll pitch in, but will they be compensated for it? Yeah. Um, look, I think um, it's certainly you have to know your worth and you have to be, uh, I think you have to be aggressive about, you know, getting, getting what you want. Um, and you, I, you know, it's, good, it's okay to be patient. It's okay, or it's okay to be impatient, rather. Um, and it's okay to push for those things. I will say, uh, you know, both from my experience moving up at Vimeo and also now my experience being the CEO and, and managing others, um, it's also really important to kind of uh, have become indispensable within an organization and like know when you have leverage and to use it um, strategically. Uh, and, you know, my best advice to others is first and foremost, you know, become indispensable. You know, think about what your boss, it, what your boss is trying to solve for, your boss's boss is trying to solve for, and help them solve it. And help, you know, build the business and help it grow and, and become so integral within that that you have a lot of leverage. And, and then when you have that, don't be afraid to use it. Uh, but I think you, you have to pair the uh, sort of ambition um, and the boldness with, with substance. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, is the key. It's hard to do, but that's sort of the formula that I think I've seen be successful. And if you weren't the CEO of Vimeo, what would you be doing? I'd probably try and write a script and get people other than my siblings to act in it. It's not too late. <laughs> yeah. You can Maybe make a one Vimeo day. piece. <laughs> no, I, I feel like that would be, that would put Ian and his team in a tough position. <laughs>
<laughs> she, you'd be um, very manipulative. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, there would be some. I mean, that's what you get for being the boss. There. <laughs> there are some privileges there. But that wraps up my portion of the interview with Anjali. I would love to open it up to some questions from the audience, and we'll also be um, monitoring the hashtag as well. Any questions? Good morning. My name is Gabrielle Sashan. Um, right now, there are only 32 female CEOs on the Fortune 500 list. Mm -hmm. What do you think needs to happen to get that number up? Hi, Gabrielle. Um, look, I think real change comes from uh, multiple levels. You know, at the individual level, it's uh, women, you know, being knowing their worth and pushing for what they should what they should get, and it's also their peers and their coworkers and their bosses and their partners, um, you know, also supporting them um, in that sort of individual effort. Um, then I think there's the sort of at the company level. Um, you know, I think more and more companies are understanding the importance of diversity, not just gender, but other forms of diversity in actually driving shareholder value or business value. And the more that that tie is explicit, I think the more companies will formalize the processes to make sure there's the right mentorship and career pathing for women to move up within organizations. Um, I think at the last level, it's sort of societal. Um, and uh, we have so, so much um, improvement to make there. Uh, but despite all the sort of terrible headlines and, and, and things that are happening in the world, I will say it feels to me that in the last year, the dialogue has become a lot more transparent around these issues. And I think the more that we as a society elevate them and put a spotlight on times when they're, you know, things are going wrong and times when things are going right, uh, I think that's good and that will help as well. Um, but I think you have to have across all those levels, you need a commitment in order for there to be real change. Oh, one from Andy, our editor in chief. Microphone is coming. Hey, Andy Server from Yahoo Finance. Um, so you talked about when you were implicitly pitching yourself to be CEO that you were advocating for the creative side of the business, the creators. And that seems so logical to me. What were some of the other avenues that other people at the company were pursuing and that are still important to your core business? Yeah. Um, so I think look, at its roots, Vimeo is a two-sided platform, uh, right? We serve creators, uh, we empower them with tools so that they can create content. Obviously that content then draws audiences and, um, and that sort of that viewer side of our platform is really important. Our creators want an audience on Vimeo. And so I think that when I say we, you know, we are focused on creators, it means that we'll make decisions through the lens of the creator experience and we, when, when we must make a trade-off between what's you know, the best thing for growing an audience on Vimeo or investing those resources and building tools for creators, we will choose creators. But um, it, that doesn't mean that we don't care about building that audience. Um, and so you know, even the Staff Picks program that you just saw, you know, that's an example of us trying to promote the content on Vimeo um, to get an audience for creators. Uh, and so I, I think that we will always have to balance um, those two things. But I think unlike other platforms, 
that are advertising based, we have the freedom from a business model perspective. We do have the freedom to say, no, we don't need the eyeballs if it's in the best interest of the creator. What a luxury. Um, and yeah. yeah, and I think that that is rare. It was one of the reasons I came to Vimeo in the first place was I really I was so excited about what was happening in video. I felt like I was coming from Amazon and e-commerce and I felt like video was going through the kind of disruption that e-commerce had gone through 10 years ago. And when I looked at the landscape, there were very few companies that were, had a unique approach um, that wasn't advertising based. Uh, and, and I think that that, that, f that freedom that that gives us is, is really differentiated in the industry. So you're 34 now and you're CEO. Where do you see your career going? Like what is self-actualization for you? You have so much left to go, so. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Does um, she? <laughs> uh, listen, I, right now, the only thing I am focused on and interested in is, is realizing the vision for Vimeo. Um, and uh, in a perfect world, I'm, I'm still leading, leading this, this brand and company and team that I love um, years from now. And we have sort of actualized our vision as being you know, the world's creator-first platform. Um, and we've really fundamentally made a, you know, made an impact on the creators in our community. Um, from there, who knows? Uh, but I, I, you know, I'll always be interested in in looking for opportunities where technology is changing um, or opening up di uh, new kinds of business models and ways that uh, we can play a role in that. And I'd say lastly, bringing it back to my sort of what my dad always, always says uh, about business having a positive in influence on your community. Um, I think one day if I could lead something that was, was clearly doing that, um, uh, you know, that, that, that's one why I love Vimeo and uh, because we do have a positive influence on our community. But as, as long as I'm leading something um, with that kind of approach, I would be really happy. Yeah, one of the things that um, Anjali had mentioned to me before is, you know, given that she went to business school, she was studying finance, you know, Warby Parker came out of business school. A lot of these ideas we see today hatched in that sort of environment. And you had mentioned to me, you were a bit insecure about that in the beginning. You're like, where's my idea? Why do I just want to be a straight business person? But then you recognize that you are skilled at scaling and that you have that ability to take an idea and actually run with it. Yeah. And that's something to recognize early on. And I think for anyone watching, it's Yes, entrepreneurship seems sexy, and we all think it's cool to start a company, but it's also cool to run one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, look, being, being self-aware about what your you know, in, intrinsic motivations are and what your strengths are is, you know, the earlier you can, you can realize that, the better. Um, it's, it's totally true. Like, I, you know, my, my dad was an entrepreneur. I was like, I, I wanted to be one. All my classmates were, have gone on to do incredibly impressive things um, in the startup world. And, you know, at some point, though, you just have to be honest about where, where your, your skill set lies. And for me, it, it wasn't starting my own thing. I don't think I would be great at that. Um, or maybe I just haven't found the idea that I'm, you know, crazy passionate about. But I think there's so many other wonderful ideas out there that I, where I can contribute. And um, and so, but the lesson there, I think, is about just being really self-aware. I think we had a question back there. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm coming from the content creator side, and uh, like a lot of my friends, they're they're like um, aspiring film directors, and they're coming out of SVA and Pratt. And so on the East Coast, there's like a lot of art schools here: RISD and Pratt and NYU. 
Um, and and right now the big thing in our community is to go to Netflix because they have these big, um, you know, because it said this year, I think next year they're gonna put eight billion dollars in content creation. And um, and I know animators, they're going to the West Coast, they're going to California, and they're, and they're just trying to get things to happen. Um, and I wanna know, you said that instead of um, content creation, you provide tools for creators. So I wanna know um, what kind of tools, because when I was in, um, in art school, we were told, don't go to YouTube, go to Vimeo, because they have higher quality. But at the same time, we still wanna get our stuff seen. Yep. You know, we, um, we wanna get that distribution you know, and uh, I don't know if, if Vimeo handles that because I, I still don't know much about it. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is Disney is gonna buy uh, 20th Century Fox, something like that, and like they're trying to that do their own. That isn't confirmed. Yeah, right. All right. <laughs> they were but talking. Then, yeah. yeah. So it's not confirmed, right? But um, they're trying to do their own thing and compete with Netflix. So then, how does Vimeo? You know, because it seems like it's a very competitive market. So as content creators, where do we go? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so first of all, thank you for asking that question because that is the essence of what we hear every day. And what, you're, what you just described is this, where do we go? Because you have to choose. And what Vimeo is doing is saying, you don't have to choose. Um, we wanna be the platform where you get inspired for your next creative project, where you connect with a crew um, or collaborators to work on that project, where you host your rough cuts and review and collaborate with your team, where you then can distribute that content on Vimeo, on YouTube, on Facebook, to Netflix, wherever you need in order to get your audience. And if you wanna go direct to your audience and sell your work and put a, a price on it or build your own Netflix, we have the technology to let you do that. Um, and so I think for us, it's actually, we don't believe that you as a content creator are best served by having to choose um, one platform or the other. And so we're trying to break that paradigm. Um, and to the question of, you know, sort of the competition, yes, it is getting more competitive. Um, but it's really, I think, more competitive uh, when it comes to uh, you know how di different companies like Netflix and, and others raising money to, to to fund work. And again, I think that that if we do it right, that's a good thing. That should mean that more folks like yourself and and others um, at these schools are actually able to have a path to have their work um, funded and and seen everywhere. So um, you know, a lot of the tools that Vimeo is investing in and launching are actually tools to help you get distribution off Vimeo um, and on other platforms and to do it simultaneously so that you can get all the eyeballs on your work that you should. Excellent. Um, I think there's a question back there. Hello. What has surprised you about being CEO? Um, so many things. <laughs> what hasn't? <laughs> what hasn't? Uh, I mean, it's cheesy to say, but probably the biggest surprise has just been how is how supportive the team the team has been. Um, you know, I'm I'm, in, I'm an internal promotion. Uh, I've worked side by side with the with the Vimeo team for years, and you know, it's it can always be a tricky thing when you go from being you know a peer um, of a team to to leading. And I uh, I just 
the the support from my team um, and the encouragement and and sort of the championing um, uh, has been honestly like so humbling and uh, you know really really blows me away. I, I just feel so lucky. Uh, so that's been great. Um, I think other things that have surprised me, um, probably, you know, it, it can be kind of lonely um, being sort lonely of- Lonely at the top. Lonely at the top. Uh, and, you know, that sounds so obvious in retrospect, but that's not something that I realized. Um, and I think by that it's, you know, oftentimes you find yourself in a situation where you're making decisions where you're like the only person in the room with full information. Um, and and that's just an interesting dynamic uh, that I don't think I uh, w really appreciated, um, and I've and I've certainly learned it. And I think uh, I really admire leaders who uh, are sort of able to do that really uh, sort of thoughtfully um, and well. Excellent. Um, a question right here. Yeah. So, question I always like to ask for someone who's been a part of a very fast-growing company as we try to grow our own startup, what's the biggest mistake you've made? Maybe not you personally, maybe as a company, as a whole, what's your biggest mistake? Um, the biggest mistake I think most organizations make when they're looking to scale is losing focus on their core value proposition and their core customer um, and getting distracted. And it's so easy, it's so easy to get distracted because especially when you're in an industry that's going through a lot of change because you're looking to grow, you see opportunities all around you, you wanna be, you wanna jump on those opportunities before they pass you by or another competitor gets in the space. Um, but I think it's really important to be sort of single-mindedly focused on who you serve, what your, your mission and value proposition is, and you can never lose sight of that. Um, and I think that is often a barrier. And it's something that we, it's a challenge for Vimeo every day. And part of my job is to constantly bring that focus back um, and, and make sure that regardless of everything that we do, we must, you know, we must support the creator first um, and we can never uh, sort of deviate from that. Can we get a quick check on social, the hashtag BBFast, Crystal, do you mind taking a little look? And while you're looking, we'll get to the question back there. Hi, thank you so much for such an interesting interview. I'm actually coming from a completely different career in medicine. Um, and I would just love to hear from you what advice you have for women who are just starting out in their career, regardless of what that career may be. Um, so, first of all, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> well done. Uh, I, I think the, the best advice I can give is, uh, you know, it, it's it's sort of the, those two sides that I referenced earlier. So one is like be be bold, be impatient, um, be ambitious, and do that unabashedly. Like don't be afraid of that. Um, I think it's really important for women uh, to just own own that their worth and own their careers. Um, and then at the same time, uh, it's that uh, being strategic. Uh, about how you're driving value within your career or organization. Um, and I think that absolutely applies outside of business um, and in, into all other careers. So look for the opportunities where you can add value or go above and beyond. Um, and focus first and foremost on like executing on those opportunities. And then you know, push for the recognition and reward. Um, but th that, that'd be my best advice. And I think if you couple those two things, couple that ambition and boldness with, um, with sort of d 
delivering results and driving value, uh, that's sort of the, the best way to, to be able to achieve your career goals. Awesome. Um, can we give a mic to Crystal? She's our Yahoo Finance intern at the front. Hi. Here's a question from Twitter. Um, as an aspiring entrepreneur, I had a hard time finding ideas. So where did you find inspiration and how do you find new ideas? Um, so I firmly believe that the best ideas come from anywhere. And I actually think that it's always dangerous when all your ideas come from you or from like a very small group of people at the top of an organization. Um, because the reality is those people are probably the least in touch with what is actually happening every day. Um, and so uh, I think for us, I, I will tell you the ways that we've tried to get good ideas that inform our strategies. It's one from our community. Uh, you know, we have uh, forums and outreach. We have a community team that does a lot of work on the ground with creators, um, and is co we're constantly asking them, um, you know, what we could be doing better. And they're often also just telling us uh, loudly what we could be doing better. Um, but taking that really seriously and collecting all that feedback and having sort of a structured way of translating that into um, insights for our product team is really important. The other thing that we do um, at Vimeo is we, we, we ask every single person at the company to give us their ideas for what sh we should be doing. Um, we're in the middle of planning our 2018 strategies and um, you know, we sent a, I sent a survey out to the entire company. I asked them, um, what are the top things that you think we should be building? If you were CEO for a day, what would you do? Um, and we got so many wonderful responses um, that I read through very carefully and that our, our whole leadership team looks at um, when kind of um, making decisions. So I think, you know, whatever industry you're in, if you want the best ideas, like talk to the people you're trying to serve, hear from them. Um, what you what you can do, and and then find others. Whether it's if you have a team from your team, or peers, or other partners in the industry, and you know, ideas should not be hoarded or protected. Ideas should be shared widely. And I think the more you do that, the more inspiration will actually come back to you. I think we'll end on that high note. And um, please welcome me. Please join me in uh, really thanking Anjali today. We really appreciate her time. Thank you for having me, Melody. Thank you all. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, and keep an eye out for future episodes of Breakout Breakfast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Yahoo Finance podcast, available wherever you listen. See you next time.